look at that. I try to be active. I try to go out and just take care of myself and go to the gym and work out. And all of a sudden, the Reds trade Tucker Barnhart. Oh, my gosh. We have a lot to talk about. And to help me do that, I have the host of the Lockdown Tigers podcast. He is Scott Bentley. By the way, I'm Jeff Carr, host here of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks for finding us today right here on YouTube. Or this is your first time listening on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Tigers your hat. Hashtag first listen and make sure that you are subscribed everywhere you get your podcast because we're free and available everywhere. All right, we've, we've got a lot of talk about. Let me roll the graphic and we'll get to talking about Tucker Barnhart being a Detroit Tiger. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, without further ado, let's bring him in. He is the host of the Locked on Tigers podcast, and he knows all things up, up there for uh, Detroit. Scott, how you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm, do, I'm doing great. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with my day so far, if I do say so myself. How are you doing? Well, I've got to admit that I'm a little bit sad. Now, I, I saw this coming uh, with the emergence of Tyler Stevenson. It was pretty much a done deal that... Tucker was at least going to get a diminished role. And I thought there were plenty of teams out there that would not ask him to take a diminished role. So I kind of figured he'd move on in some capacity, but golly, the day after the world series, I was like, that was quick. Um, Give me, give me your initial reaction to this trade. And then I'll give you mine. My initial reaction. I I think really the, the most of the fan base's initial reaction up here is, is just, uh, amazing like a a plus uh everyone's super super excited and, and and pumped about it i know we'll get into the the details of of why as we go on but uh I, th- this fan base is excited man this is a uh this is a team that jake rogers is out for all of next season with tommy john surgery and he has kind of been penciled in as um the the catcher of the future ever since he was brought in in the justin verlander trade in 2017 um, and and put up a pretty respectable season this year, but obviously know him le- ne- know him next season, um, and uh, and we we now have a a very good framing catcher for a bo- uh, a starting rotation of a lot of young arms. Um, I pe- people are, are are pretty excited, and and I think they I, I agree with that. I think they have every reason to be. We're we're pretty pumped. I got to tell you, when I saw the initial uh, report on this trade, I was surprised at how quickly it happened. I wasn't surprised that it happened. I, I know that there are teams like the Tigers and the Marlins, and I, I think uh, the Yankees are on this list as well, that were looking for that everyday catcher, not everyday, but, you know, your, your catcher one. For sure to kind of lead a pitching staff and be the mainstay behind the plate defensively and whatever he gives you offensively, you just, you count that as gravy and Tucker Barnhart's the perfect catcher for that. He's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to go to Detroit and hit 30 home runs and hundred RBIs and he's going to hit over 300. That's absolutely not who he is. He's a 250, 240 less than that hitter he's going to slug around 400 he's going to get on base a decent amount of time he's got a pretty good plate discipline to him but more than that he has been kind of one of the team leaders for the reds over these last couple of years and i really wanted 
for him to be part of a successful Reds team and successful being, you know, they make the playoffs, they win a playoff series because he has just worked through all the muck that was the rebuilding years of 2014 through 2019. And, and he worked through the shortened season where the Reds tried to go all in in 2020 and then the world had other ideas. And then 2021, they just didn't quite have enough. They were built by their front office to have flaws and they just couldn't overcome those flaws. So I, I hated that for him personally because I felt like he's he's one of those guys like, you know, we put in the time. It's like, it's like that really loyal girlfriend who was with a crappy dude who was just like, I'm going to help fix him. I know I am, but just realizes he's got to get out of here. So I, I'm happy that he's moving on to a team that really looks like they're on the come up. And I, and I want to talk about that here in a minute. But let me get your take, because I tried to read the Fangraphs profile on him very quickly, and that's not going to give me the whole understanding. What do you know about Nick Quintana? What, or Quintana or Quintana, however it's pronounced, I apologize for not knowing that right away, but uh, what kind of value does he bring to the Reds? Yeah, so he, he's an interesting one for sure, and, and I think that he is someone where it, it made a lot of sense for the Tigers to move on from him. But I still believe that he has potential to give you value down the road as well. Um, he was our second round pick in 2019, I believe. Uh, top top of the second round there. He he's it's 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 interesting. So he he has versatility, which is good. He has versatility in the field. Um, he he's played a lot of third, but has also shown that that he can maybe play. A little bit of shortstop. He's he's played some second base. He's played at both corners. He he's been he's been around um, uh, across the the lower levels of the minors and and then in in winter ball and stuff. Like he's experimented at different places uh, in the field, which is was obviously the more positions you can play in the minors, the better going forward. That that's never a bad thing. Uh, the the biggest question marks for him are all with the bat. He actually has a pretty good eye. You'll, you'll find that out pretty quickly. He, he has a pretty respectable uh, plate discipline, which I love, as, as all my listeners know. I am, a, I am a slappy for a guy who can draw some walks. Um, so so that's, all, that's all fine and dandy. The, the, the biggest thing is he has yet to prove, really in, in any capacity, that he can be a consistent uh, even average hitter at the minor league levels, which I know sounds really harsh and is probably not what you wanted to hear. Uh, but but okay. the only trait that he has currently is that discipline, and he it's good. It, it is a it is a massive plus trait for him. But um, it, it really seems like in his current stage in development, uh, if if you just pound the strike zone. He, he's he's not going to do too much with it. He'll he'll run into an occasional fastball. He does have some pop uh, that that he can display at times. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're talking about a guy who in single A this year in 82 games hit sub 200 and had a a, a mid 600s OPS in single A. And and he's and he's 24, gonna be 25 next season. Like like that's. You know what I mean? Like at the end of next yeah. season, I guess he just turned twenty-four. So it, it's it's not you. You definitely are not getting one of the 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 prize Tigers prospects that that we've had over the last couple of years. And and I think it really does make a ton of sense. 
that the Tigers moved on from him and, and he was very much expendable. But I, I also don't want to make it sound like there's like zero chance that he will ever be anything either. He's shown versatility and, and in my eyes, if you have the plate discipline, there's always a chance that, that you can you can make something out of it. So so that is, I guess, my my initial kind of breakdown of him. You, you're going to get an eye. You're going to get some versatility in the field. Um, but, but the biggest hurdle that he's going to have to overcome is honestly just hitting strikes. That's one thing that I wondered because looking at – you know, his profile, it looked like on the hitting grades and stuff like that, it said 35 with a future value of 50 and his overall future value of like 40 plus, something like that. I'm like, okay, sounds like a utility guy. And to be honest with you, from a Reds fan's perspective, we understood Tucker was moving on. And if he were, you know, if the Reds were not going to pick up his option, and if I don't think they can make a qualifying offer at that point, but they weren't going to because it was going to be 18 million and that would right. be way too much for him. So they were going to lose him for nothing. So this is kind of one of those quintessential, like the Reds got something wherein they would have had nothing. But I'm curious because, um, and, and this is something I want to talk to you about here in a minute, because the Tigers look like they're on the come up. And based on some quotes from the Reds general manager, Nick Crawl, after this trade, a little worried about where the Reds position is. I want to talk to you about that here in a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you, you listening and Scott too is Spotify Green Room. If you haven't downloaded the Green fantastic. Room app on your mobile device today, it's fantastic. You get to talk to other fans. You can talk to media types. I think there's players on there and everything like that. And they've got breaking news. They've got game chats. You can you can talk like a watch party type thing. And you know for big stuff like this and trades and things that are going to be happening this off season, there'll be Green Rooms abound. You can download the Green Room app, like I said, on any mobile device today. It used to be only iOS, but now it's like Android and everything, so that's a good thing. Um, and, and you can join a room after you create your profile, in which you can link your Twitter to as well. And you can follow your favorite hosts, media, uh, players, all that good stuff there on the Spotify Green Room app. As they always say, Scott, Spotify Green Room is changing the way that we talk sports. All right, so um, we kind of broke down the trade, and I think, too, also something that uh, I forgot to mention, but I think that anybody who reads anything about this trade will know, the Tigers are getting an awesome dude to help lead their young pitching staff. This dude, Tucker, is a brilliant worker of the dudes on the mound. He knows how to kind of calm them down whenever things are getting a little bit rough. And he's a pretty good caller of games, too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him with guys like Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal and, and all those uh, fellas. I do want to say, though, um, the quote. And I'm going to lead off with this for segment two because the quote just absolutely takes this. Where I'm an optimistic person, Scott. I, I know that, by the way, your first time on the podcast. I love having you here. Um, yes, sir. I'm a, I, I've kind of been deemed and dubbed and... Um, to many people's dismays as an over-optimistic Reds fan because I love my Reds. But even this really kind of gives me pause because uh, Nick Kroll talking about the Tucker trade, and I'll read the whole quote just to give everybody context. He said this, trading Tucker was a very difficult decision. Having been drafted and developed by the Reds, our entire organization has a connection to him and our fans love him. And here's the part that I hate. But going into 2022, 
we must align our payroll to our resources and continue focusing on scouting and developing young talent from within our system. We are grateful for Tucker's contributions on the field and in the communities throughout Red's country. He will be missed. Yes, he will. But oh my goodness, if I haven't heard that quote before, and it was during years in which the Reds were not expected to contend. I'm sure you've heard this over the last couple of years as well. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Certainly have my experience with that quote, let me tell you. And this is coming off of two years where, yeah, they were fun because we thought the Reds were contenders and they made the expanded playoffs in 2020 from a shortened season. But if that is all we got, oh my, this this sounds like a general manager preparing a fan base for a uh, for rebuilding. I, I hate that word. Oh, I hate that word. But I, I, I will say, I, I think that, that's the kind of thing, and I tweeted this, that every time Nick Crawl, because Nick Crawl said things last season like, oh, we're going to get a shortstop. They didn't get a shortstop. Oh, we're repurposing the money from the relievers that we traded and, and non-tendered and got nothing for them. They never spent that money. I'm just getting to the point where he's like my mechanic who's telling me what's wrong with my car and how much I'm going to have to pay him to fix my car. And now I'm just like, oh, Scott. All right, real quick, man. Tell me about the Tigers on the come up because I'm just, oh. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I'll start with the fact that uh, everything that that you are feeling and hearing, I've been hearing for half a decade now. So I, I, I very much I very much feel, feel you, and I know that's probably not what you wanted to hear because you've seen the Tigers product the last five years. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, that, is, that, is, that is definitely um, an, an, a heck of a quote by, uh, by your GM. Our GM, Al Avila, also... Uh, made a quote after has already released a statement after the the Barnhart trade and um, I, I thought it was actually pretty interesting they they acknowledged that catcher was a, a massive need going into next season and apparently him and AJ have had Barnhart circled for a while now they they said that uh, in, they've been talking about ways to fill the catcher role for the entire postseason and, and Barnhart's name was someone that kept coming up over and over and over again as as a very uh, a very good option that we didn't think we would have to give up too terribly much to acquire. Um, obviously, the the free agent catcher market this year is absolutely horrible. So that that they they went the route of a trade, and and it looks like it's it's something that could benefit the team a lot. And and yeah, the the Tigers this upcoming season the this is probably the most excited. This fan base has been for an off season in five years, I would say, pretty comfortably. Um, and this is the most excited I've been for a season. The 2022 season is probably the most excited I've been in, uh, we'll say, eight years. Uh, this is, this, like, I was in high school the last time that I was probably this excited. Uh, I, I don't even know if I had my driver's license yet. The last time that I was this excited for, for an off season. Um, or for a, for a regular season going into next year. So people are super excited. A.J. Hinch came in, uh, and I, I know everybody's got an opinion on, on A.J., but um, he, he came in and immediately turned this organization around. We, we pretty much fired everyone, like at, at every level, like down to like water boys in single A. Like literally everyone, top to bottom, uh, let everybody go, and, and A.J. came in and instilled his own system and brought in uh, his own guys, and and it has it has worked wonders. This team 
significantly overperformed this year with not still a ton of talent. Uh, and now we're heading into an offseason in which our owner said that that spending is something that we're actually going to do for the first time again in half a decade. Um, and and there, there's a ton of excitement around the team. And again, like like you said earlier, bringing in Barnhart specifically is is so awesome for this young pitching staff. We have the three-headed monster of, of former top 20 prospects and Casey Mize, Tarek Skubel, and Matt Manning all in the majors and all going to be in the majors on opening day next year. And, and now to, to, instead of putting Wilson Ramos and, and like Austin Romine and just like horrible um, framing and defensive catchers behind the plate and horrible game callers and, and people now we're bringing in Tucker Barnhart, who, who is, uh, who is an, a fantastic framer, one of the best framers in the league, a, a two-time gold glove winner and someone that is an, an incredible leader of a staff. And, and I think all of that to kick off an offseason has this fan base incredibly excited. Forgot about Matt Manning. That's true. He's awesome, too. Um, yeah, and speaking of spending money, there's going to be a right fielder, I'm like 99.9% sure, who's going to be available that the Tigers have some familiarity with. A little bit. His, uh, la- his last name rhymes with Blasty. <laughs> Little yeah, bit, um, little I'm, bit. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Tigers bring to the table this next year, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the quite. I know we we kind of talked about it earlier. If I guess for you, like, what direction if if they go into that kind of like dare I say rebuild territory, like what like what comes next? Like like you 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 obviously you don't bring back Nick then if that's the direction you want to go. And then on top of that, like, if this is a domino effect, what do you think could be could be next going forward? This is the hard part for me because the Reds' biggest contracts are very immovable. Joey Votto's got a no-trade clause, and quite frankly, I wouldn't want them to move Joey Votto sure. anyway. He just had an amazing year. But um, he's got a no-trade clause. Moose uh, played terribly, has been hurt for the last two years. And uh, he's got to figure out – all right, he's really got to earn the money that he's got. I mean, it's it's all guaranteed. But if I'm another team and, you know, Nick Crawl calls me like, hey, what do you think about Moose? I'd be like, I don't think much of him. Uh, you got anybody else? <laughs> like, not going to happen. So I don't know about him. A. Eugenio Suarez is a possibility because you could sell somebody on his September. But all of these guys – that are at the top of the payroll that you could cut a bunch of money on going to be almost impossible to move simply because of varying factors of which other teams would not be super interested in. So, and, and, and you're also talking about, which I hate to say this because he was a guy that I was so excited about whenever they got him two years ago, Shogo Akiyama is going to be making $8 million next year. And he had a OPS this last season, I think that was under 400. So, yeah, that's not going to do much for us either. Uh, it's it's a lot of dead money that this might be a really frustrating year. And and I know that I'm going like super scorched earth negative on this, and there's some excitement to be, to have about these Reds with Hunter Green and Nick Ladello coming up, hopefully Jose Barrero taking the reins. That's one thing that I look at, this quote that Nick Crawl had, talking about resources and aligning them and blah, blah, blah they're going to stick with the guys in house. So Jose Barrero is going to be an everyday player, whether that be a shortstop or center field, it remains to be seen, 
but it, it's a lot of just even if they want to do the whole R word, they're gonna have to find some really crappy trades, like trading Moose for a media cart or something, <laughs> because another team's not gonna pick up his contract if they actually want something of substance in return. And and I find it interesting because we, we mentioned how quickly this deal went down one day after the World Series, and it's a trade. It's not a signing, but it, it brings a question to me that I want to ask to you here in just a minute pertaining to everything that's going on this offseason because, yes, there are teams that are on the come up. There are teams that are looking to rebuild. There are teams that want to do stuff. But we have this huge cloud looming over everything that is the CBA. I want to get your take on that here in just a minute before we talk about that though i want to tell you and, and scott you can help me with this one because i love talking about built bar built bar the best it's it, the best the best tasting protein bar on the market and when i say protein bar scott is this thing like jockey and just you're gonna eat it and you'll be like oh whatever it's healthy uh well considering i have one for lunch just about every day i, I would not i would not just eat chalk so no it's, it's covered in 100 percent real chocolate it's fantastic. It's absolutely the, the the mixed box is like a fun little grab bag game you just play with yourself every morning. Like, what flavor am I getting today? It's absolutely amazing. It's it's great. And when you talk about flavors, cherry barcia, I've always said is my favorite. Uh, really close to it is coconut. I don't know if you're a coconut guy. I know that there's a lot of people that really get upset when I say the word coconut. It's controversial. So. Sorry, um, but not sorry, because I love coconut. And then also uh, Cookie Dough Chunk, which was a limited time flavor. I don't know if they still have that available, but they've got all these great limited flavors that you can check out on their website. And Scott, what's that website? Built.com. Built.com. And we got a promo code for you. You can save a couple of bucks with the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. And you can get a mixed box. You can figure out what your favorite flavor is. Or you can get a whole box of one flavor. That way you've got a stash of Cherry Barcia like I've got. Oh, Built Bar is just amazing. Go check them out today at Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. And speaking of promo codes, Scott, there's another great one to use, especially when you're talking about making money this you can make some money off your sports knowledge it's over at betonline.ag and do you know what that promo code is scott uh that would be what locked locked on locked it's on. locked on yeah, locked on and you'll get 50 percent more they've kind of moved the goalposts a little bit but it's 50 percent more on your initial deposit so if you put in 10 they'll give you five if you put in 100 they'll give you 50 I don't know why you'd only put in 10, but yeah, whatever. That's the first thing that came to mind. But go to betonline.ag today and set up your profile with that promo code locked on. You can make some money off some great sports lines. Great um, ones. They, they just released uh, World Series for next year. You can already get a head start there. I'm guessing that they've got like the Astros and the uh, Dodgers Braves. at the top. Dodger, Dodgers at the top. Uh, Braves, I think, are currently slated in as the fourth, I want to say. I think it's Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, Braves, or Braves, Yankees, somewhere around there. So, yeah. I know that the Braves, I don't know that it's that big of a question. Like, I thought it was weird that um, they were saying on the broadcast last night uh, that Joe Buck was saying on the broadcast, he was just like, yeah, this might be the last time Freddie Freeman. He said it for like every play. single expiring contract. <laughs> like, Joe Buck doesn't think no anyone way. gets re-signed. It's just everyone's gone. 
Everyone. No, nobody's playing for the Braves next year. Now, I, I firmly believe Freddie Freeman will be a Brave. I don't know about Jorge Soler or any of those guys, but yeah. I definitely think that uh, Freeman will. But, yeah, so you've got those World Series odds you can jump on. You've got great lines for the NFL, for NCAA football. There's also a great UFC card coming up this Saturday as well that you can jump on. That's at betonline.ag. Set up your profile with the promo code locked on and make some money off your sports knowledge today. All right. Speaking of money, uh, I, I wanted to approach this more from the aspect of why this trade works so quickly. And that is because there is a lockout that looms on December the 2nd. They've already said that it's a high likelihood that it's going to happen simply because the CBA expires on December the 1st. And they're about as far apart on an agreement as the East and the West. I'm trying to think of a better thing for that, but... Um... Yeah, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns. I don't know. They're, they're really far apart, and it's probably going to happen. So there was a question of, are teams going to make a mad dash and trying to get whoever they can, whether it be free agents or trades, or will there be a freeze already before the actual freeze takes place? So do you think, Scott, that this is an indication that teams are going to do whatever they possibly can to get whoever they can before December the 2nd? Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great question and a great point. I, I think that it definitely is is something that's going to be in the back of everyone's minds. I, I don't know signings-wise if people are going to shove out because it's money, right? I, I don't know if, if signing-wise it's going to be the same. But as far as trades go, uh, I mean, there's already talks that, that if, if they're too far apart heading into December, there could just be no winter meetings uh, and last year it was all over Zoom and nothing really happened. So like that would be heading in on on two consecutive years. The next winter meetings will be the first and in, in, in-person winter meetings would be the first in three years potentially. Um, I, I think you might see the, the hot stove as far as trades go be be a lot more prevalent and, and kind of like you said, kind of shoved into this like next three week kind of stretch because people are afraid that uh, if a lockout happens, they're just going to be twiddling their thumbs and, and have nothing to do until people figure it out. So I, I definitely think that that could be a factor. Um, and, and like I said, it, it, it was really interesting hearing our front office come out and say that uh, that that Barnhart's been someone that, that they've had interest in for a while. This kind of seemed like one that um, that the Tigers were, were going to kind of try and jump on and, and get ahead of the curve on. Um right after the World Series ended, kind of always. And, and so it, it does make the next couple of weeks really interesting if, uh, if this is a sign of things to come. I'm intrigued, too. I, I agree with you. I think it's more trades than it is signings because I know that one of the key uh, hang-ups and one of the key points that they're going to be talking about is how do they structure uh, salaries going forward? Are they going sure. to create a salary cap, which I know the players vehemently oppose, but are they going to do something that kind of promotes competitive balance and tries to get rid of the idea of tanking, which I don't know that you can firmly get rid of it because the NBA has a salary cap and they still have tanking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, try to at least um, decentivize tanking. And what does that all mean for free agency? Plus, you could sign a guy right now and have to give up a competitive balance pick. Who knows if that's even a thing next year? Right. That, there, yeah, there's a lot, of, and then you you take a look at like, um, I, I mean, for for our perspective, we have 
two of the best prospects in baseball are both supposed to debut for us next season. And if, if it, as it currently stands, we would probably see them in late May. But if the service manipulation time thing gets adjusted or taken away, then they might just be on the opening day roster. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of, of, of stuff with that, that, um, that could change. And, and like you said, the competitive balance thing and, and, uh, there, I mean, there's even like talks about it, it may be a better way to make it competitive is a salary floor. And then if you, I mean, if you have a salary floor, then you're talking about teams that, that have to spend. So then there's, there's people that, that would be getting lower contracts, maybe even getting slightly overpaid just so that teams can reach that salary floor. There's a lot of stuff that could come out of it. And that's why I'm not sure on the free agency front, it would change much, but in the trade market, I, I think you're right. I think it could affect a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this all plays out. And and I, I keep saying I'm like, look, whatever the details are, I just want baseball back. That's really plain and simple where mm-hmm. I'm coming from from that. So I'm interested to see what they do. Uh I, I quick question before we get finished up here. Uh what is the next step for the Tigers? You know that this is going to be an aggressive offseason. What is kind of the next check on the wish list? I know that, you know, catcher probably wasn't the first thing, but what's next? Well, the, the, the biggest one is shortstop, without a doubt, in, in anyone's mind. That is that is by far, and, and we've known for, for like a year now that it's shortstop. Everybody, last offseason, like the beginning of last offseason, this fan base looked at this insane shortstop free agency market and said, we don't have one of those in our entire organization uh, we're, we're trying to take step forwards and steps forward and, and get back to relevancy and get back to competitive baseball. The team took a huge step forward this year. Um, the, it is absolutely shortstop without a doubt in anyone's mind that they definitely have a hole that they're, they're going to have to sign a starting pitcher too. uh, the caliber is kind of argued between the fan base of, of, you know, a lot of people want Verlander to come home just because of, of the, the nostalgia of that. But uh, at, without even remote hesitation, it is shortstop. We we have had one of the worst shortstop situations, uh, comfortably the worst in all of baseball for the last three or four years, um, and it's it's the best free agent shortstop class in the history of baseball. So that that really lines up well for for a team in, in our situation, and, and is definitely the next step. So uh, you go out and and you spend big money. You bring in one of those shortstops. You bring in one of uh, a starting pitcher or two. You got catcher covered, and, and then you go into next season and, and you call up Torkelson and Green. You put all of those potentially five, six pieces all together at once, and uh, and and you make magic, baby. It's gonna be interesting to watch. And talking about shortstop, Reds can Reds fans can relate because the last couple of years. That's been a key need for the Reds. And to be honest with you, it's something that you could sell me on a little bit if the Reds were to go out and make a move and get a shortstop because Jose Barrero looks ready. Jose Barrero is the shortstop of the future. That's what we've been hearing for the last couple of years. They just wanted him to be ready. And now it looks like that should be that time. The only problem is he still has some questions about his plate discipline and and what does he look like when he's in the batter's box. He is athletic. He is amazing in the field. But what are we going to get out of him whenever he goes to pick up a bat? That's the biggest question. So 
maybe that's something that they look at. But to be honest with you, the next move, I mean, you know, they're obviously going to need a backup catcher too because they don't really have anybody in system. I, I thought maybe Mark Colesbury, who played for the Olympic team, mm-hmm. but he's not quite there with the bat yet either. So who knows? Maybe paging uh, former uh, obscure Reds legend Ryan Lavarnway. <laughs> in case you didn't know, in case you didn't know, Scott, he played like all of two games. I think it might even only have been one game that he played, but he hit three home runs. Reds legend. That's all it takes. All it takes is a game, baby. It was a fantastic game. So yeah, Paige and Ryan LaFarnway. And then they obviously need to do a lot with the bullpen. Hopefully if they can sign or trade for a closer type dude, then everything else kind of falls into place because they've got a lot of middle relief guys. They don't really have that one dude that you're looking at and saying, that's our dude. If we need an out, he can go out and get it. They've got a couple of guys who might be able to get one out, but if we're talking about three, then that gets sure. a little hairy. So, and then they've got these quotes about money. And who knows if any of those checklist items are even going to matter. So, we're going to talk more about that here on the Locked On Reds podcast. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching and for listening. Scott, thank you for coming in and talking. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it materialated pretty quickly. We had a trade happen, and we were like, hey, let's do it, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's the strength of the Locked On podcast. It is. Thanks for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Tigers your hashtag first listen of the day. Now, for your second listen. Go check out Sully and Locked On MLB. I'm sure he's talking about the World Series. He's going to have plenty of hot takes about the uh, collective bargaining agreement and all that good stuff, too. And he's got past baseball knowledge for days. He should write an encyclopedia. I'm not even talking about a book. Like, I think Sully should write, like, an encyclopedia about baseball. He's He's got so much knowledge. All right. But as for Scott, I'm Jeff. This is Locked On Tigers and Locked On Reds. We'll talk to you guys. Beauty. Contacts started drying on me. Um, <laughs> thanks, dude. I appreciate you being able to. Hell yeah, man! Thanks for having me on. That was uh, that'll be that'll be really cool. That'll be really cool to throw yeah, up. I, I think so too. And I will. Um, 